0: And Dennis Stewart, um, last week we looked at ageing.
1: It's Are already we... had an effect on you, Jane. You... <laughs> Looking you're even look older, re- am I? You remarkably younger.
0: <laughs> oh, younger. <laughs> you,
1: you must have taken on board our discussion about the ginseng.
0: So we were talking about ginseng we were, last indeed. week. We were indeed. And this week?
1: Well, look, I thought we'd follow on that, um, that topic. Uh, you might recollect, or listeners might recollect, that I said I'd like to discuss three uh, major natural remedies or foods, if you want to call them that, which are increasingly being used around the world uh, to address uh, the dilemma that you and I face of ageing. And we spoke about ginseng, the Chinese experience of it, and how in the Western world uh, ginseng is being used as one of the most remarkable tonics that ageing people can use based on the Chinese experience. And today I'd like to take up the second one of the foods or remedies, and that's the the herb or the food, called what you like, known as ginkgo biloba.
0: And, of course, we're very happy to take your calls on things to do with your health and your, yeah, generally feeling good. 49216216 should get you through to us, and you can ask Dennis what you like. But in the meantime, Dennis, we're going to think about ageing, getting older. (laughs)
1: Look, it's not a bad topic. Uh, It's uh, always a little bit jocular, when we talk about ageing, but... Who's it is...
0: laughing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm laughing, as you can see. But no, Just as well. <laughs> I think that there's quite a lot that we can do to ensure, or seek to ensure, that's a better way of putting it, seek to ensure that we do our best to confront ageing. And I believe there's enough evidence around the world to suggest that certain foods... And certainly certain herbs have the potential to assist in resisting aspects of ageing. We spoke last week about the ginseng, but a newer herb, if you want to use that terminology, has come into being certainly in the last 50 or so years um, in the Western tradition and based on a lot of work that was done by the Germans. The Germans, um, unknown to many people, are leaders in many ways in the use of the practice the education of natural medicine also in the development of many natural medications and the germans were behind the modern production of ginkgo biloba medication or supplements and a lot of people don't realize that ginkgo biloba is probably the oldest tree on the planet really yes it, it I, i'm not uh, an expert in um, in this topic but even the shape of the leaf gives way to um, our understanding that in evolutionary terms it really shouldn't be here. It's the last remaining example, if you like, of foliage that was uh, here prior to the relatively modern era in evolutionary terms.
0: Even before the Wollemi Pine, perhaps? Uh, Probably, Hmm.
1: probably. In fact, I think from an evolutionary perspective, uh, the botanical nature of it would suggest that it was... Before that. And it's a tree that grows quite readily. Um, People may, in fact, have it in their gardens, or certainly it's a tree that grows along avenues. It has incredible resistance to pollution. And so, if you go to places like Japan, you'll see numerous ginkgo trees uh, lovingly tended, bandaged, in fact. Um, up their trunks to a large extent, along avenues where a lot of traffic moves. I noticed that when I was in Japan. It's also revered in the Orient, and it grows here quite prolifically. Um, I first um, saw it as a young man once I became aware of it, growing in the Pacific Highway adjacent to Knox Grammar School. Oh, and, and in fact, I shouldn't say this, but I surreptitiously took a few samples of the uh, of the tree to do a little bit of uh, uh, thin layer of chromatography on it to find out what was in it. But um, from that, um, it was quite interesting. I gave the first lectures at a Blackmoor seminar many, many, many years ago on the use of ginkgo biloba. And as far as I'm aware, I was the first... Um, in conjunction with a company called Green Ridge Botanicals to develop a tableted preparation based on the German knowledge and to emulate the German preparation. And I've used ginkgo ever since and have lectured on it and have validated its usefulness. People say, well, what would you use ginkgo for? Well, okay, the European um, use of the ginkgo is to address what's called cerebral circulatory insufficiency and also certainly to address... More commonly, peripheral circulatory insufficiency, and that means essentially blood supply problems to the brain and blood supply problems to our extremities, particularly our feet.
0: So, and, how does it work?
1: Okay, it, it works in in novel ways, and it's not just what we'd call another vasodilator. Its effect is much more subtle than that. But we do know that it has particular constituents, chemical constituents called ginkgo. B- I think that's the term you use, they're um, glycosides I think and what we know is that they have a unique relationship to the vascular wall they improve its tone, they lessen its leakage and work against a lot of fluid build up in the periphery so elderly people particularly that battle with circulation that have a lot of swelling around the ankles etc and who have a medical condition called intermittent claudication they can get great value in many cases by beginning to use, under their doctor's uh, monitoring, beginning to use uh, the over-the-counter preparation of ginkgo biloba. And in many, many cases, that will see an improvement in their peripheral circulation, less swelling, and if there is pain on walking, as frequently comes with intermittent claudication, they should be able to, over a period of time, see some improvement in their walking ability. I noticed that, Jane, um, very soon when I came back from Sydney um, in the mid-80s, just before the earthquake, I had a practice in Church Street, and to get from the railway station to Church Street was a fairly steep climb. I noticed after a number of months having elderly people taking the ginkgo biloba that they vouch for the fact that it was easier to walk to my rooms than it was previously so i use that as an example <laughs> so well, ginkgo has many many benefits and interestingly and i'll say this there's a, there's another thing about it interestingly it is being seriously put forward seriously put forward as one agent to think about in the early stages of dementia mm,
0: so it's a very valuable plant
1: it is indeed a, a very valuable plant and I'm not aware yet of it being actually cultivated uh, in Australia. It's cultivated commercially throughout the Orient and, and also in European countries. But I'm not aware of it being um, cultivated here, albeit preparations um, of the ginkgo are manufactured by well-known companies here in Australia
0: to NURFM's Health Naturally at the moment with Dennis Stewart for his new Lambton uh, Herbal Medicine Centre. And we're taking your calls on 49216216. And David's rung in from Toronto.
1: Hello, David.
2: Yeah, Dennis, how are you going?
1: I'm well indeed. How are you?
2: Good, thanks. Good. Um, Dennis, I've taken for many years um, fish oil tablets. And yes. Of course, as of lately, you've got the krill uh, tablets, and I just wondered, what's your opinion on both of those products? I mean, how do you okay. you would uh, have views on that? No doubt, I'd just like to hear your views.
1: I'll answer it very shortly and very succinctly. I yeah. take I take six thousand milligrams of fish oils every day.
2: Okay, <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> that's a good answer. Yeah. And I've I been mean, I've,
1: I've been doing that for a long, long time, and whilst yeah. uh, whilst I will not. Um, put any anything down all i would say is that from my perspective uh, the fish oils have done me well and i noticed that and i noticed that my left knee in particular tells me that i'm not doing well when i don't take my six thousand milligrams of fish oils every day
2: okay okay well no, that's a good answer and the other other thing i question i got is this suppose that um you you know you, you don't have to take as many of the krill as you do of the fish oil i just they say krill supposed to be, you know, the uh, the new wonder supplement to take, but I just wonder if it is.
1: Well, um, my view is, put it this way: one has to be cautious about what one says. But my view is, I'm very, very happy taking my six thousand milligrams of fish oil daily.
2: Okay. Uh, okay.
0: Thanks. Okay. Thanks for your call, David. That's uh, definitely good. Of course, with krill, I always wonder if we're eating the whales' fish food supply.
1: And um, that's a nice way of looking at it. Why should we deprive those dear creatures of their, of their sustenance? Of their
0: sustenance. 49216216. That's the number to get your question through to Dennis Stewart today on Health Naturally. And Kent has rung in from Tumby Yumby. Now, you'd like to ask uh, Dennis Kent about pulmonary fibrosis? Hello. Hello. I think we're having trouble hearing from Kent there. Perhaps you might ring back if you can. So as I say, 49216216 uh, is the, the number for your question to Dennis. Now, we've, we've been talking, Dennis, about um, anti-ageing, mm. things that will help with some mm. of the problems mm. of ageing, I suppose. Well,
1: just to elaborate a little bit on what we were saying before the um, questions came through, uh, we mentioned the modern use of ginkgo, ginkgo being a, a more recent natural medication based on a lot of the work done by the Germans. It's a, a newer form of herbal medication based on a concentrate, of the leaf of the ginkgo. So I want listeners to realise straight away that you don't get the same benefit from the ginkgo just making a tea of ginkgo leaf. The actual ginkgo preparation that has sustained the clinical trials, etc., is based on a concentrate of the leaf. So you're pretty well obliged to use finished forms of it in a tablet or a capsule. But a couple of things I need to say quickly about the ginkgo before we move on is this, that if one is going to take it and expect an immediate benefit from it, well, then you were, it's not worthwhile taking. All the literature that I've read on the Ginkgo suggests that it is something that works very subtly and, and works over a longer period of time. And a lot of the, the the literature that I refer to, even with my patients, points out that in some situations, it's anything up to nine months, for instance, to get any indication of benefit in something like say a tinnitus, where it can, not in all cases, but where it can give a benefit. Um, And things like vertigo. Uh, If one has chronic vertigo, uh, despite medical management, if it's still asserting itself, a long-term exposure to the ginkgo. And let me emphasize again, a long-term exposure to the ginkgo in correct dosage. And it's best to see your health food store retailer or your pharmacist to get a ginkgo that is correctly dosed. They should all be correctly dosed, but talk to your retailer or pharmacist about it because, again, length of time must also be accompanied by the correct dosage. When those two principles are worked by, this is a little gem that is underestimated and will not clash with many medications. The only thing it may clash with, and this is very controversial, are major blood-thinning medications, particularly warfarin. So this is why in some circumstances, if a person is using multiple medications, it's worthwhile discussing it with your GP or your pharmacist before you go on to it. But in most cases, it's very suitable for elderly people who want to ensure particularly circulatory efficiency.
0: We're taking your calls on Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. Of course, number to ring 49216216 and... Uh, at the moment, we have Jim from Singleton. Jim, you've got a question to put to Dennis.
2: Well, it's just a quick question. Uh, Dennis, I'm 63 in two or three months' time, and yes. um, 20-odd years ago, i um, a bricklayer by trade. I had terrible trouble with my knees, kind yes. up and down, uneven ground. Yes. I had eyesight problem. I couldn't pass the RTA uh, test, you know, the, the spec test. Yes. stuff. And um, since then, I've started taking fish oil and wild krill oil and salmon oil, a combination of, you know, different various times. Then since then, I've had no trouble with my knees. I used to take, uh, I can't remember, I can't remember the name of the medicine. I used to take that. But anyway, in the last... 15 years, I've passed the eyesight test, no problem at all. I, if a person was across the road and waved to me and said, hi, Jim, I'd squint and I wouldn't be able to pick them out, I can now pass it. I went down to the RTA today to renew my registration and I asked the lady if I could do a quick eyesight test. She said, no problem. I passed it easily. Well so
1: done.
2: I don't know what else to put it down to. I can only say it's the fish oil has maybe benefited that.
1: Well, well uh, Jim, I'm, I'm not at all surprised to hear of the benefits that you've had with your joints and I'm glad in fact that you've taken the trouble to ring us to confirm my enthusiasm for using the fish oils or indeed krill and salmon oil which are as you as you would be aware similar representatives of the of the chemistry that's contained in these uh, fish oil substances. Uh, you've pretty well confirmed my somewhat jocular statement that if I cease taking my daily dose of uh, 6,000 mg of fish oil, my um, left knee almost immediately uh, lets me know of the situation. As far as the um, eye benefit goes... Um, there doesn't seem to be as much in the literature um, supporting uh, its benefits for the eye, but if one thinks about it and, and the effect that it would have on, on the blood profile, particularly the uh, fractions of, um, of lipids in the bloodstream, um, that, that may contribute something to your experience of having improved benefits with eyesight. There may well be some vitamin A factor also um, carried over. We know, for instance, that cod liver oil contains a significant amount of, of vitamin A and D. But um, there's obviously a connection because that's all you've been taking. You've been taking no other supplements?
2: Not, not really, Dennis. The other thing I, I must highlight: I do come from Scotland, and, yes. and I do love my seafood. I yes. uh, particularly like Atlantic salmon and yes. um, all kinds of fish. I'm yes. a big fishier. So so much.
1: So fish, <laughs> fish
2: has contributed to it. Now, the other thing I was concerned about, Dennis, was the other day. I can't remember. It was on bill news building, on on the radio station, yes. but. Somebody said there's absolutely no benefits to be hard by taking fish oil. You'd find more beneficial just to stick by fish. Well, I'm sorry, I'd have to disagree with that. Yeah. I, I, well,
1: I, I, would, uh, I would have to disagree with it from my own experience. That at the end of the day, uh, experience, in my opinion, is as good an indicator of the validity of something as anything else. And I know, and I'm scientifically trained, I know, I know that uh, that if uh, I cease taking these things, I'm in trouble, and I'm sure it's not all in my head, and I have, uh-huh. nu- I have numerous other patients that would vouch for the benefit of these, and what's more, in some of the modern literature that I use and have in my clinic, this is modern literature written by medical people, medical scientists, fish oils are encouraged to be used for the conditions about which we've been speaking, so... I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not disputing. All I'm saying is I will not concur with the findings of that, uh, of that uh, test or whatever it was.
0: Wonderful to hear all about the experiences with, uh, with fish oil. And uh, we'll move on now to Kevin, who's rung in from Katara, with a question on skin cancer.
1: Hello? Yes.
2: Uh,
1: Ken, is it? Kevin. Uh, Kevin, is it? Yes. How can we help you, Kevin.
2: 81 years of age. Yes. um, Regularly going to uh, skin cancer doctors to have um, BCCs cut out, frozen off and all that. Yes. I was wondering, is there a, in the near future, some sort of a um, cure?
1: Look, I'm not aware, Kevin, that there is a cure. And again, I would say that the management, and I'm sure you would agree with this, the management of skin cancers today, as with any cancer, is well carried out by medical professionals. They would be the ones in this particular area of medicine that would be uh, right up there as far as knowing what was being done, as far as clinical trials, et cetera, on drugs, et cetera. But at this stage, at this stage, I'm not aware of there being any any cure. Our uh, oncologists and our specialists would uh, would be the best to talk to about that.
0: Hmm. That's uh, thanks. I hope that answers your question, Kevin. And from Coal Point, Carol has rung four nine two one six two one six. And Carol, now you can put your question to Dennis yourself.
3: Oh, thank you very much. Hello, Dennis. Hello, How Carol. Are you? I'm
1: well indeed. How are you?
3: Uh, Pretty good. Good, um, good. Polymyalgia rheumatica. rheumatica. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the prednisone and yes. I've gradually gone off good, it. But, good, good. Um, the doctor said possibility they would come back. because course, I haven't been on it long enough.
1: Yes. How long have you been on it?
3: I was at the middle of January mm-hmm. to about a week and a half ago, gradually going down from 25 to 1, Perf-
1: okay, to so 1 you, milligram. So you've trickled down to 1, have you?
3: Yeah, trickled down now. Mm. I'm now off it for yep. just over a week yep. and a half. But I know I I have had the blood test and yes. um, the doctor said I wasn't on the prednisone long enough mm-hmm. um, and it must probably come back. So when I feel as though it's going to come back, I have another blood test and we go from there. Yes. But I was wondering what else. I bet, went to my health food yes. uh, supplier today mm-hmm. and he was recommending a few things. Now, I do take magnesium with cramp bark. He said mm-hmm. possibly increase that to... 500.
1: I don't think that would have very much of a benefit. Wouldn't it? Well, look, uh, d- don't get me wrong here, that, that's good advice, particularly where you have uh, neurological problems that, mm-hmm. are, that are more like cramping, but you've got no, p- polymyelotic no. rheumatica yeah. and, and the prednisone you've been taking, which is useful therapy, functions yeah. mainly as an anti inflammatory agent. That's right. And, and an analgesic agent. So, mm-hmm. Um, One of the things that I think you should consider is what you've got to say to yourself, what is there Mm -hmm. in natural medicine that might be able to give you an edge as far as withstanding the reassertion of Mm -hmm. the inflammatory and and painful situation? Look, um, therapeutic dosages Mm -hmm. of first-class curcumin-based products are Mm -hmm. not a bad thing to commence. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm basing that on experience. Mm -hmm. I have been helping Uh, a lady who has been having considerable trouble coming Mm -hmm. off steroid, and she has has done well, let me emphasize, she has done well on a... Uh, a, a product, a practitioner-based product, which I have in my rooms at Alma Road, uh, that is a high con- concentrated preparation of curcumin, which is an extract from turmeric. Yes, yeah, yeah, he recommended
3: that also, uh, unless, unless
1: you are actually taking the correct dosage and the correct preparation, it's mm. unlikely you'll get the maximum benefit. So oh, again, right. I would suggest that if you're going to use that, uh, take on board what I've said all through the program, uh, concentration mm-hmm. and dosage. And mm. the other thing Thing about this uh, this lady, who I believe now, as from um, I think last Thursday, may well be now uh, coming off it under a doctor's monitoring. She's also taking a bracket of what are called celloids. You might write that down: C E L L O I D S. Now, celloids. Uh, a product that uh, practitioners using Blackmore's products have used for generations. They are a a group of mineral substances developed by the founder of Blackmore's, Morris Blackmore, many, many years ago, and I still use them. They're not a well-known spectrum of remedies, but they're well-documented in the Blackmore's um, files, so to speak. I've been using... I've been using celloids, the recommended celloids okay. from the Blackmore's literature uh, mm-hmm. to reinforce the curcumin and it mm. seems to be doing very well. Yes. So what I would say is if you're interested in pursuing that yes. and giving yourself an edge, yes. uh, you will not need to see me as a patient, but uh, come into 39 Alma Road. I'll show you the literature uh, to confirm what we're saying and yes. you should be able and you will be able to get onto the celloids with the curcumin if that is what you want.
3: Yeah, because I, I do play golf and yes. um, I haven't been able to walk around because I haven't you know, got the strength sure, and sure. that. So um, I feel as though it may come back uh, because I'm not feeling 100% okay. in the arms and that. Okay. So yes. I may have well, to possibly do this.
1: I think that would be a useful thing and, and you're not looking at great expense and, the, and there's nothing in that that would clash uh, with anything else your general practitioner may or may not have you
0: on. That sounds like a good avenue, so all the very best with that, Carol. Uh, macular degeneration, mm-hmm. uh, that's mm-hmm. your question now, Clary, is it? Yes. From Rutherford.
1: Hello, Clary, how are you?
2: Good, thank you. Good, My wife's good. got macular degeneration. Yes, yes, yes. The needles in both eyes. Yes, yes. Now, at the moment, she's on
4: macrovision. Yes,
1: that's the black product.
4: Yeah, yes, that's very good. Defense.
1: And they're both great, great uh, remedies. I have worked and consulted for Blackmores most of my professional life and I have great confidence in any product that Blackmores make. Uh, having said that, um, the two remedies the two remedies that I am convinced uh, should be uh, right up there. Uh, as primary remedies for this condition, and that is if it's going to respond to it, keep in mind, depending on what form of macular degeneration you have and the chronicity of it, that will determine whether or not it's going to respond to any of these things. But, in my opinion, what you're doing is good, but also, also you should think of using what's called bilberry oh, yes, yeah. in the right concentrate. I'm one of the greatest fans of bilberry because I have seen things done with that herb that are incredible. uh, People don't realize that the bilberry concentrate based on the fruit, and it is a concentrate. Let me just explain this quickly. Bilberry fruit contains a chemical constituent known as an anthocyanidin. Now, that substance has a unique relationship uh, to the vascular system uh, feeding the eye and particularly to the retina. And, oh, it le- and it, le- it lessens, uh, potentially, the symptoms of diabetic retinopathy. And also, it works, as I've said, to some degree and in some cases, as a useful agent in fighting macular degeneration. But with the bilberry also, and I know this is not why you primarily rang, but I'm suggesting you consider bringing that into what your dear wife is taking. A lot of people don't appreciate also that bilberry is remarkable a remarkable remedy for anyone with diabetes. All right, that it, right. will lessen, it will lessen the tendency for diabetic complications, particularly of the eyes and partic- particularly of peripheral circulation. I could talk the whole program on the bilberry because I have seen things d- done with it that contradict, that contradict medical prognosis left, right and centre. But look, the bilberry, and if your wife is not taking a multitude of other medications, the ginkgo with the bilberry... Is a fantastic combination, but run it past your general practitioner.
0: Sounds like good advice, Dennis. So, all the very best with that, Clary. This is Health Naturally on to a New RFM, and we're doing it for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton herbal medicine center we'll be back with sue's question in just a little while this is health naturally and we are doing it for our sponsor dennis stewart's new lambton herbal medicine center taking your calls we've got plenty of questions to come through sue from fletcher has rung in with a question for dennis
1: hello sue
4: hello dennis um thanks you provide a great community service thank Um, I've got, I've got a, a double-barrel question. First one regarding my husband. He has had prostitutes and he still has it. Yes. Um, he had it about eight years ago. Yes. And it cleared, um, cleared up after about three months. Yes. Um, but he's got it again. And, yes. of course, he went through the urologist and yes. they did a biopsy and yes. all of those sort of things. And more or less just sort of said, oh, off you go and... Um, you know you'll get over it Um, so is there any natural supplement
1: you can take to speed that process up prostatitis is an inflammatory and infective condition of the prostate and um, not to be confused necessarily with prostate enlargement Um, Mm. how old is your husband Sue Okay, look, a couple of little things that he can do to try to stop the recurrence of this condition because it can recur and it's quite uncomfortable. Um, mm. There's a couple of little things that I've found useful with my clients and patients over the years and things that he can take himself and, and source himself and they're not necessarily expensive. But if he were to experience prostatitis regularly, say, in Europe, he would be placed on a combination of echinacea and sore palmetto. Now, immediately people say, oh, sore palmito, that's for enlargement. Saw palmito also has some useful anti-inflammatory characteristics, and when it's placed in conjunction with Europe's most favorite natural antibiotic, uh, echinacea purpurea, It functions as a very useful device when taken regularly and prophylactically. So I would suggest that uh, he source, either from my rooms at New Lambton or from a compounding pharmacist, wherever, a combination in liquid form of sore palmetto and echinacea purpurea and take that ongoingly at least twice a day. He needs also, and I know people will say, oh, this is mainly for urinary tract infections, but he should also um, go on to some cranberry, and go oh. onto a concentrated can, uh, cranberry tablet. The juice is great, uh, but unfortunately some juices tend to have too much sugar, in my opinion, and do not oh. convey the level of cranberry chemistry that's required to set up an antagonistic environment in the urinary pathway to infection. So I would suggest that in conjunction with the, uh, the saw palmito and the echinacea, it begins to take some cranberry tablets and takes that regularly and ensure that he's drinking plenty of fluid. And this might sound a little bit old-fashioned, but I vouch for it. Whilst it's mainly used for women who experience recurrent uh, urinary tract infections, the use, the regular daily use of barley water is not a bad way. It's not a bad way of soothing the urinary tract. Beautiful
4: second part of my question was I've got acute rheumatoid arthritis mm-hmm. um, and I'm on methotrexate and yes. a biological drug. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just a bit hesitant about um, introducing a supplement because I went to a biochemist once mm-hmm. and he gave me um, a solution, mm-hmm. uh, a liquid form, um, mm-hmm. but it turned my stools white. Mm-hmm. So it sort of scared me a bit and I thought, right, I'm not mm-hmm. going to be taking anything, but I really do feel that I need... But I'm just a little bit hesitant about what to
1: take. You need to be very cautious, and anything you take must be run past your rheumatologist. If, if you took something that um, caused your stools to go white, the implication of that was that it may have been affecting your liver. Um, mm. So anything you take, particularly while you're on methotextrate, which in, which in turn is a drug that is regularly monitored by your rheumatologist because mm. it can also affect the liver. But anything you do, do should be run past him. Run past him what I've been talking about earlier in the program, a potential trial, for instance, on the fish oils. Mm. Now, the fish oils, you can check it out in the literature. Go to your, your um, computer and Google up fish oils under the heading of anti-inflammatory stroke rheumatoid arthritis. There could be some encouragement there to use the fish oils in the dosage that I was talking about today. 6,000. Yeah. But run it past your uh, rheumatologist. I'm sure there wouldn't be any problem there because it would not be seen as, as a conventional or competing drug.
0: So good luck with that, Sue. Judith has rung in from Valentine and... Uh, uh, a question about ginseng Judith.
4: Yes, Dennis.
1: Hello Judith, how are you?
4: Good, thank you. How are you? I'm
1: oh, well, indeed.
4: Last week you spoke about, you spoke about ginseng. I did. Yes. Is it Korean or Chinese one?
1: Uh, okay. Look, um they uh, They both they both go under that name but the correct name is Panax P-A-N-A-X Panax ginseng and that's why when you hear me talk about herbs frequently I'll talk about them both in their common name and in their botanical name the botanical name is the accurate name because herbs also have colloquial names hence Chinese ginseng hence Korean ginseng hence Siberian ginseng what What I've been talking about is Panax ginseng. So anywhere you go to buy uh, the ginseng that I've been talking about, uh, look underneath the common name, and if you see Panax ginseng, you will know that you're talking about the ginseng that I referred to in the program as Korean ginseng, which also, of course, is Chinese ginseng. Oh,
4: okay. Thank you.
0: That's good to clear that one up. And probably our last call for today, Ray from Aberdeer. Hello, Ray. Hello,
2: Dennis. How are you?
1: I'm good, mate. How are you?
2: All right, mate. Um, I've just had a, a month ago I had my um, my retina was starting to detach from behind yes. my eye. Yes. I've had it reattached. Good. And since then, I'm having a lot of trouble with, um, uh, I think my eyes are trying to work out where they're supposed to be. Or, and mm-hmm. um, I'm like I'm on the deck of a ship, if you know what I mean, giddy. Yes.
1: Uh, you, you've, you've discussed this with your ophthalmologist, have you?
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: and his 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 comments were probably to the effect that it will settle down
2: yeah more yes. or less yes. yeah Look,
1: I, I would I would concur with I would concur with your ophthalmologist there, ray. Give it time. um I don't think there's anything uh that I can suggest that would hasten the progress. i think oh, right um, yeah. it's just one of those things that you will have to adjust to, and being monitored by your ophthalmologist, I would be confident that um, you've been given the right advice, Ray.
2: Thank you very much mate
1: Good, Good on news you. Good.
0: Now there's also Dennis Been another couple of calls That have come in Through the program That we haven't got people for But they are questions That I'm sure um, We'll talk about now Now one is about Krill oil mm-hmm. And a listener asks If you can have a, a reaction Or a side effect To krill oil
1: Look um, To be fair With both krill and fish oils I, I don't hear of Too many side effects From them I think um, There is some concern that um, these things may have an effect on on platelets and and clotting activity. Um, And sometimes I know patients that are on fish oil in particular, and I presume similarly with krill oil, are requested... Uh, by their surgeons or others to go off these things just in case there is interaction. But I've not heard of anything other than that, Jane. Nothing doctor. They're generally very safe things. That's good Otherwise, to know. they couldn't be marketed across the counter if they had major contraindications.
0: True. That would change things. Mm. And the other question that a listener rang in mm. is, uh, we've been talking about ginkgo, of course. Yes. Which part okay. of the ginkgo plant do okay. they harvest?
1: Okay. The leaves... Uh, are harvested from the ginkgo trees and the interesting thing about it is um, I understand that in Japan the leaves are harvested uh, in the fall when they take on a beautiful amber colour and that tends to indicate that the concentrate of the actives is at their highest point in the fall. So, the leaf is harvested, and they're, they're harvested in this beautiful time. Now, if you were to go along Knox Grammar School, oh, I better not say that again, <laughs> but if you were to go along the highway near Knox Grammar School, you may well see the ginkgo starting to develop these beautiful amber leaves. Um, it's the leaf at this stage when they're harvested.
0: Right, so not the bark or the roots. No, it's, that's no. good, so the leaf continues oh, to very produce much so. leaves very every much so.
1: And look, what I say to people autumn. is get one of these trees. They're readily available um, anywhere. You can purchase them from, from, from nurseries. I have them growing uh, in, in my houses and, and property. They're a beautiful tree, they take a little while to grow. But they're okay. lovely. Stick they're lovely.
0: with it. Well, thank you, Dennis Stewart. Thank and you that, very much, James. Lovely program. That's health. And thanks to all our listeners who contributed with questions. And, uh, that's our health naturally for today. We'll be back next Friday after the midday news. You'll be able to catch it on podcast through 2